Today is the second day of our Dhamma retreat together. And when it comes to our Dhamma practice, we have effort to have mindfulness and clear awareness, sati and sampajanya. This quality of mindfulness or recollection, sampajanya, clear knowing. So these two qualities, qualities that we cultivate that help give rise to wisdom in order to cure the suffering in the heart. So in the beginning we train, we listen to Dhamma, and we try not to let our mind go out to other things, not to have mindfulness with other things. And sometimes the mind is agitated and chaotic with regard to past experience, there's no interest in the present moment. When this is the case, it's difficult for Dhamma understanding to arise. We can look at the example of Venerable Sariputta in a past life when he was an ascetic and he was a teacher of another 84,000 ascetics who were his disciples. There was one occasion where the right and left hand disciples of the Buddha of that era came and taught that group of ascetics led by Sariputta. But Venerable Sariputta did not have mindfulness with the Dhamma talk. He was having mindfulness with the right hand disciple of that Buddha. He had a liking for that disciple's skills and abilities. And so he was observing and having mindfulness with that right-hand disciple. And so in that life, Venerable Sariputta did not realize arahantship, but all his 84,000 disciples all realized arahantship. So we see that the mind of Venerable Sariputta in that life did not go into the stream of Dhamma, because his mindfulness was with looking at and wanting to be like the right-hand disciple of the Buddha of that time. So for ourselves we cultivate mindfulness. In the beginning we cultivate mindfulness with regard to sitting, walking, standing, lying down. And mindfulness with bodily movements and exercise, with, spe with speaking and with being still. Mindfulness with listening, and speaking and having care with regard to these activities. We've heard many times to have mindfulness with the in and out breath. Because this breath is something that goes in and out already. But usually when the breath goes in and out, we don't have awareness of it. We're not knowing that the breath is going in. We're not knowing that it's going out. But because this breath is here already, it's an easy meditation object to use. We know the breath as it goes in and know it as it goes out. And we can feel the breath touching the end of the nose as it goes in and touching the upper lip as it goes out, for instance. We practice not to control the breathing because one of the main problems that people have with the mindfulness of breathing is that there's control of the breath. Because if we control the breath, then we can feel stressed and tight. It doesn't feel just right. 
But we notice when we're not trying to meditate, we're just sitting normally, feeling relaxed. We're not controlling the breath at that time. It's not a problem for us, for people that are uh, healthy and in a normal state. And if the mind's very agitated and troubled and thinking a lot without stopping, then we can breathe in very deeply. The oxygen may not be sufficient, so we breathe in very deeply, filling the entire lungs. And we breathe out. And we do this three times. And then we set our hearts anew. We see that all the thoughts we have, all the proliferation and busyness, it's all not self. And we set our hearts to know the breath as it goes in and out. And we can do this with the meditation word, boot on the in-breath and do on the out-breath. But there's some practitioners that when they're observing the breath, they feel troubled and agitated. They feel that they can't be with the breath. So it's like I explained last night in the question and answer session. If you feel stressed with the in and out breath, then on the in-breath you can count one, on the out-breath one, on the next in-breath two, on the next out-breath two, all the way up to six or ten. So you count the breath in pairs like that. And if the mind's still busy or not peaceful, you can count quickly one, two, three, four, five on the in-breath, or one, two, three, four, five, six. And you do this on the in-breath and out-breath to bring the mind to ease and feeling relaxed. And if one is proficient in the counting and mindfulness improves, then the counting stops of its own accord. And so some meditation practitioners, when they sit in meditation, their mind feels troubled and agitated. They're not mindful of the present moment. So they can use contemplation first they can contemplate the theme of loving-kindness meditation, or they can contemplate the body. Contemplate this body is a physical heap, a heap of the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. So this is using thinking, sanya, memory, perception. So we contemplate and recollect this quality of the earth element, which is a quality of hardness, firmness, like the bones, the nails, the hair, the skin, and so on. And we can look at the blood, which is mostly water, water element. And then there's the heat in the body, which allows the body to be alive. That's the fire element. And there's the breath going in and out. That's the wind element. So we teach our mind like this. And contemplate like this. And if we're contemplating and our mind is still just distracted and busy thinking here and there, then we can stop. But if we keep contemplating, the mind can gather in peace bit by bit, gather in samadhi. And when this happens, then it becomes easier to know the in and out breathing. And sometimes when we contemplate, the contemplation touches us very deeply. We can feel rapture and happiness. 
So in that case, just go with the contemplation to bring the mind to peace and collectedness, to samadhi. So we see that there's these two methods. The first, to have mindfulness with one object. For instance, while walking with the left foot boot, with the right foot doe. And we practice not to look here and there, but we just look in front of us, about two meters in front of us. And we don't need that much light or illumination. We can have just a little bit of light, just enough to see in order to keep our focus in a smaller area, to, to keep our mind from being too scattered. And this can help our mind gather in concentration. So we have care and mindfulness with our walking practice. We practice not to walk too slow, not to walk too fast, but to walk just right in order to cultivate mindfulness. And if we're thinking too much while we're walking, then we can stop and we establish our mindfulness at the top of the head and bring mindfulness down from the head through the body to the bottom of the feet and then from the bottom of the feet up to the top of the head again. So we establish our mindfulness like this, which is something Venerable Ajahn Chah taught. So you do this in the beginning, from the feet to the head, from the head to the feet, to bring mindfulness into the body. And some Dhamma practitioners, they like to walk more than sit, because when they sit, they just feel distracted and thinking here and there. In that case, you should walk, do more walking. Do the walking meditation, the jangama. For instance, walking around a chedi, or walking around a uposada hall, for instance. Practice to make our mind still. And we can walk with bhutto as our meditation word. The left foot boot, the right foot do. Or we can use a long chant while doing walking practice, like itibiso, bhagawa, arahang, sama, sambudo, vijadra, nasampano. You can chant the whole recollection of the qualities of the Buddha. Or you can do another long chant as well. And there's no need to do 108 repetitions of our chant, because we chant for the purpose of making the mind peaceful making the mind collected. And we can chant slowly in order, to in order to have mindfulness with our walking. And standing is the same thing. We can stand still, we can open our eyes, we can know the breath as it goes in and out, or we can chant as well. And if we feel tired or sore, we can lie down. And while lying down, we have mindfulness in the lying posture. We can chant as well in the lying posture and know the in and out breathing. So we see that all postures, we practice evenly in all postures. And all postures are a place of recollection, a place to have mindfulness, to bring the mind to collectedness, the mind that's firmly established. And when we do this, a great miracle can arise in the mind the mind gathers in peace and samadhi, and we experience something that we've never known before, never experienced before. 
this is a happiness that comes from peace, that comes from samadhi that we've never had before. Maybe we've had a little bit before and we felt like it was something unusual or strange. For instance, when I was a child, I was a student in school and we would regularly have Buddhist chanting at my school. <clears throat> because the school was at a monastery, so we'd have Buddhist chanting. And there were occasions where my mind would gather in samadhi, rapture would arise, the hairs would stand on end. This is one type of rapture or piti. The tears would come from the eyes, the body and mind would feel very light and at ease. The hairs would stand up, waves of chills would go throughout the body. And I didn't know what this was, I didn't understand what it was. And I asked my friends if they experienced this, and they said they did not. But I felt very full and happy in my heart, recollecting the qualities of the Buddha like this. So we say that this is past causes and conditions that were laid down before. But no one taught me further about this, so the mind just went back to having a self, to identifying uh, with phenomena. I went just back to studying in school. But then later when I learned about Dhamma practice, I understood that, oh, this was samadhi arising. So therefore we focus our mind with one object, to have mindfulness with that object. <coughs> to bring the mind to peace and collectedness, to firm establishment. Even though it may be difficult in the beginning, sometimes we might think or feel very distracted or agitated without ceasing. We feel like we can't sit in meditation. We just can't do it. Even five minutes we can't because the mind feels so hot and troubled. So we see that the mind is so troubled and hot like this, but still we're able to live in the world because when we go about our activities, we don't have awareness, we don't know that the mind is so hot and troubled. But then we start to meditate more, mind can become more cool. Coolness arises, peace arises. We see the fruit of meditation practice. So we have faith already, we have effort. So then these fruits arise from mindfulness, samadhi, from the firm establishment of mind, which gives occasion for wisdom to arise. So may you do this continuously. This is something of great importance in developing the mind. Because if we don't meditate, if we don't practice, we just have mindfulness with learning in school, with work, with our livelihood, with our daily life, we have some happiness and pleasure, we have some pain and suffering, but this happiness and suffering, pain and pleasure, it's all impermanent, stressful and not self. But it keeps arising often, but we don't see it because the mindfulness is too weak. So we have to practice to make mindfulness stronger, to be higher than other types of beings. Because we see that all beings have mindfulness 
but the mindfulness is not enough to know the Dhamma and see the Dhamma. But human beings are capable of developing mindfulness to a high degree. First, it's mindfulness of things identified as self or mindfulness with the self. But then we bring about mindfulness and wisdom to know that all material things and all mental phenomena are not self. Sometimes if we haven't practiced to that level yet, we might have the doubt arise, or is it really possible to know the body as impermanent? So we have to understand that to know that the body, sorry, we should understand that the body is impermanent already. It's just that we don't know it. It's like a blind person or someone with their eyes closed. It's all dark. They simply don't see. But when you open your eyes, then you're able to see. So the mind that lacks wisdom is a mind in darkness. So we have to practice and train in virtue, collectedness and wisdom to make the mind brighter in order to see the truth of reality. And then when we see it, then our suffering will reduce. Of mindfulness and wisdom arise in order to not cling, to not attach. And this mindfulness and wisdom becomes faster, wisdom becomes quicker, and we're able to let go and not cling. So may you have effort in this, may you persevere, may you practice in this way. <clears throat>